0: This is raw cut. This is Life i I'm Matt,
1: and I'm Sarah, and on today's episode, so exciting, we're chatting with Matt's grandfather. Yes, welcome to Life First here with Matt and Sarah. And today we are chatting with Matt's grandfather. Don, I'm excited about this. I'm going to hear some stories about Matt, aren't we? Yes, <laughs> quite a few
2: to tell about.
3: Yeah, well, thank you for coming in. Uh, so, Don, I don't call you that often, but Don is your name. Tell, tell us as listeners and uh, those viewing today, where did life start out for you?
2: Well, I, I was born in Adelaide, the Memorial Hospital. Uh, I grew up uh, in uh, Croydon, mm-hmm. suburb of Croydon. Uh, which I spent all my early years and, until we got married, of course. But uh, that was when we were at age of 22 when I married Shirley, my wife.
3: And we've got this beautiful picture of you as a, a, a toddler, um, which is a great um, memory to have. Growing up,
2: uh, were you an only child? Tell us about your family. Uh, I had uh, two brothers and a sister. Uh, I was the the fourth and last one. The, it was only the four of us in the family, um, and all our childhood lives were we, we lived there in Croydon. Gradually, uh, as we grew up, uh, uh, my other siblings all got married. Uh, until uh, it was my turn, a bit later on, right? Yeah, so Croydon
1: Uh, now is a really big built-up suburb. Um, What did it used to look like when you were growing up?
2: Well, it's a bit different than it is now. Uh, Of course, the the new north-south freeway Mm -hmm. uh, run, my mum and dad lived, we were one house block in from the main road. But since they put the, all the new road in, uh, their back fence now is the boundary. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's uh, always been a very busy uh, area. Mm-hmm. We had the the old Adelaide trams used to go down the road at the back and uh, not far out were paddocks. With As a boy, I'd ride my bike with a can on on me holding and go to the dairy which is about two or three k's away mm-hmm. uh to get our milk mm. and uh th- there we were paddocks just out there beyond croydon a bit uh, there was a dairy and uh, then as i grew up um, not far away too was a, a bakery and uh, i used to uh go around with the, the baker, mm-hmm. delivering bread as a boy. It's mm-hmm. so the best job. It was, it was probably my first job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> and, and that, in, of course, in those days, it was all horse and carts. The milky came in a horse and cart and the baker, all the, all the bakers had baker's carts. Mm-hmm. Um, this bakery had four rounds and uh, the horses uh, were, were kept you know, about a mile away in a, in a paddock. Mm-hmm. And many a time I'd ride one horse and lead three behind me, take them down to the the, the stables and that sort of thing. So life uh, back in my day, of course, was much different to today. <laughs>
1: so you're saying that you rode your push bike and you had the horses running behind you?
2: No, I rode a horse.
1: Oh, you rode the horse?
2: And I'd lead the others and follow down.
1: Oh, wonderful. <laughs> So, yeah. what does
2: a baker's cart round look like yeah. back in in those days? Okay. What did, was it? Really Were early you, in the morning? No, the baker's round. Instead of the the van you see today, there was a baker's cart. All the bakeries, yeah, Golden. I think it was Golden Bakery. They or they must have had thirty or forty, you know, rounds all around the suburb.
1: Yeah,
2: and this particular bakery near us only had four rounds, but. Uh, They were just, you know, a a cart with all built in Mm -hmm. uh, with a horse to to drag you around. And the the baker would just in and out. The the old carts, you could stand in them Mm -hmm. and uh, that drive the horse. But uh, the horses get used to the round and that they just know where to go and they just slowly go around. You could be in and out to the Customers and that sort of thing. I used to go with a baker when I was a lad, but. Um,
3: right, so you did this back in your schooling years as well? well was this along oh, this well,
2: until I was about, I suppose, uh, 14 or 15, mm. you know. Yeah. Well, when I went to high school, I was at primary school, uh, I was doing that, but yeah. after that, that was just something extra. Mm. And. um. So we've just shown a photo
3: of your siblings and uh and your mum as well so uh, yeah. what what did your parents do uh, well, around the croydon area yeah
2: well, my dad was a, a fitter and turner tool maker mm-hmm. uh, he in those days we'd all ride bikes to work and he lived worked down at finsbury which was three or four k's away from croydon mm-hmm. where uh, in those days of course we had a lot of manufacturing Which we haven't got today. Mm. Um, And he'd he'd ride down there, and that was his main job. He finished up a fit and turn a toolmaker, which I followed um, a bit later on. Mm.
1: And your mother, what did she get up to?
2: Oh, well, mum was just house duties, yeah, yeah, and a lot, you know, volunteer work and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And, uh, but in those days, most of the social activities and all that sort of centered around your local church. Mm. Uh, young people—that uh, was the place you'd go to to meet young people, you know. Then we'd have cricket clubs and tennis clubs and football clubs and all that sort of thing. But they all centered around. The church was the sort of centre of the community back then, mm. mm-hmm. with the youth groups, and uh, whereas today, well, it's a, a different thing altogether. Mm. So,
1: did you play sport? Yeah, yeah yes. I, I what played did you do?
2: sport. Uh, I played Aussie football. Yep. Um, with a, the with a local, uh, when I, you know, at school and the school teams. And then later on, I, I worked for, uh, played for Brompton. Football club, which was an association,
1: mm.
2: uh, as a teenager, and that sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It, um, so, never cricket or anything? Yeah, kind of yeah, it, we'd play to. cricket yep.
2: school, and the local uh, church would have ten- tennis teams, cricket teams, football teams, Yeah, and you'd all play in the association, mm-hmm. um, United Church Association, sort of. Um, but we, you know, pretty active, and mm.
3: I guess with two brothers as well, there was plenty of activity, even just uh, oh, at home as well.
2: Yes, yes, there yes, 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 yes. <laughs> were. Any <laughs> any stories you can tell? Yeah, or no, we all got on pretty well together. Uh, uh, you know, that they were older than me, of course. I'd go and watch them play football or cricket, or were the main things we played. Mm. Mm-hmm. We all got on very well together, and. Mm. You know, gradually they were being older. You know, got married and raised their own families and so on. We've always been a fairly close knit family, mm. and, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and as we've seen in the photo, your your mum's there as well at the centre. Yeah, um, mum.
2: Mum was the mainstay. Yeah, uh, wonderful lady, and she she lived, lived to one hundred and one. Yes, yeah, incredible. Long everybody
1: ahead of you. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, she was wonderful, really. And Dad lived, he was about 86, 7, I think, when he died. Mm.
1: Do you remember the best thing that she used to cook <laughs> when you were a child? Oh, yeah. I've
2: got to think now. Because <laughs> she was a good cook. I'm sure m- she m- was. Most things. Can't uh, choose. It, it's hard to really say which
1: you know she, she'd she always that's okay what? we'll take a break and you can think about it over the break and then we'll come back and you can answer okay. here's a bit of a tricky one here on life with matt and sarah and today we're chatting with matt's grandfather don
0: if you like what you're hearing please write a review of this podcast on your podcasting app or you can share this on social media
1: Welcome back to Life Burst. Sit here with Matt and Sarah. And today we're chatting with Matt's grandfather, Don, and I asked him a really hard question <laughs> just before we went to the break, which was you know, something memorable about your mother's cooking. And you've thought about it and you have an answer. What? What's the answer?
2: I've got to remember what I thought about. I, <laughs> no, well, she was a, a wonderful cook and uh, most things she – I don't know if I can – one particular, but the, yeah. pu- the puddings were the good. Pudding, I think the puddings were yeah. very good, and and pretty well anything, you know. We enjoyed that she cooked, and but the puddings, yeah, that would stand out.
3: Yeah. There you go. And that's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. So you moved. Uh, you you'd done the the bakery run in your in your early school years, and then you moved on to to another school as you got older, and we've yeah. got a. A nice, handsome photo of you in that that era.
2: Tell us about that school. The Croydon uh, Boys Technical School, Technical High School. Yeah. Um, Where where most of us that went there was just boys. Yeah. Uh, All did trades at the end of it, you know, most of them. Um, And that was in Croydon. Uh, It wasn't far from where we lived. And... uh, there well i did all those those years to set you off for a trade which i eventually did uh, as a fitter and turner tool maker and uh, well i worked at uh, a smaller firm where i did my apprenticeship and then i worked went and worked for simpson pope mm-hmm. um, in those days was when We'd make all our products here in Australia, which we don't do now. Mm. Washing machines, fridges. uh, Popes used to make, you know, irrigation and all sorts of things. Um, I worked there for quite a few years. um, And then I left there and uh, after we got married, Uh. we got married and... uh, we built a. Or I bought. We'd bought a block before we were married in at Marion, um, and uh, we managed to have our house built ready for after our honeymoon. We could go straight into it. Mm.
1: Now you are a fan of the show, Don, so you know that this question is coming. But how did you meet? Matt's
3: nana. Matt. Oh, no. oh. No, my nana.
2: Your, your wife. Your wife. His nana. My, oh, how I met my wife. <laughs> yeah,
1: your wife. Well,
2: <laughs> I was lucky, I suppose. Her father was a Methodist minister. Right. And we used to go to the Croydon Church, mm-hmm. and he was uh, appointed into that area at the Bowden and Brompton Mission, uh, which was part of the, the parish. And uh, Cheryl had come down to our youth groups and this sort of thing, and um, that's how I sort of cottoned onto her, and and uh, so I was very thankful her father was pointed where he was. Yeah. <laughs> I met Shirley, and uh, from there on we've had a wonderful life.
1: Do you remember how you proposed to her?
2: Oh, we well, we were. I suppose we used to have uh, picnics, like the choir picnic, okay. and you know the whole church would be two or three hundred people at it. Mm-hmm. And the tea tree, tea tree gully oval yeah. mm-hmm. was the place where we really sort of got to know one another, mm-hmm. kicking the football around and all this sort of thing. <laughs> yep. And then gradually we had a courtship for a few years, and then I we. Decided to be getting engaged, and from there on it went. And, uh, but uh, you know, we've we've had such a wonderful life up until then.
3: Yeah. Well, it yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, it it's
2: and, and then from then on, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we right. got married, and uh, at the uh, the Croydon Methodist Church it was in those days, and. Uh, When on our honeymoon, first flight in an aeroplane. Oh,
1: what was that like? Little
2: DC-3 went across to Kangaroo Island. (laughs) Oh. Overseas. Overseas. (laughs) Wonderful. And we always remember it was very wet. When we come into the airport at Kingscote, Kangaroo Island, all you could see was the runway above the water. (laughs) And uh, back then, but anyway, we had a a lovely... uh, Honeymoon at Kangaroo Island, and then then home we got home and went. We well, were to go straight into our new, new home. home. Yep.
3: Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, uh, and here's a beautiful picture of your wedding. So uh, a
3: big day. Where you where were you married? We were
2: married in the Croydon Methodist Church. Right. Yes. Yeah.
1: Was her father the minister at and the time? And her
2: father, and and a, another one. That together they married.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So. That's very special. Yeah.
3: Now, before you were married, you uh, were in national service, did national service. Yeah, yeah. So tell us so about that. I mean, that.
2: 56, we were married, 58. 56, I did my national service training. Uh, this was where you were compulsory, you had to go, um, up at Woodside in the Adelaide Hills. Yep. Um, and then we had two years after that, in the CMF, which you you'd you'd have one or two camps a year, we'd go up to El The uh, and what does CMF stand for? Yeah, I
1: was going to ask that.
2: Uh, Commonwealth. I got to think about that. Oh, that's all right. <laughs>
1: Commonwealth <laughs> military. Uh, the
2: CMF, yeah, yeah okay. military forces. Yeah yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I don't think they use that term. Today, probably not. No. no. Right, so, but they were good years, you yeah. know. They really—you'd uh, have about fifty boys in your platoon, and you, we'd we'd have we had four, six months nearly straight up in our, our first run, and then for two years after, we'd have camps every now and again. Right. So the
3: six months was intensive. Yeah. That's all you yeah. did for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what were some of the things that they they had you do during those? those oh, well, just
2: the normal training, army training, and mm. you know, plenty of marching and you know, learn to use the rifles and various things and so on. So mm. you can make your bed really well. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything had to be just right. You know. Yeah. You'd stand up there at the end of your beds every morning like. Sergeant and come through and check everything, and you know, really, uh, you really had to do the right thing. That's
3: right, for mm. sure. Yeah. So, although you didn't see sea service, you uh no, it, I, I, it it stretched you. It, yeah. Were there times where it was uh,
2: uh, pushed you to the limit? Oh yeah, in some mm. of the training exercises. Mm. But for, you had three months permanent, and then for two years after that. You know, every two or three months, you'd just go off for a weekend camp or a fortnight camp. Um, You did this then for, I think it was two or three years after.
1: Yeah, it was
2: part of our training back in those days.
1: And this was uh, just like in case a war broke out, so you were able to go. Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah. Okay. Every young person did it. You know, Mm -hmm. back that period of time. Mm it sort of went for a few years and then it's all finished, you know. Mm. Yeah. Okay.
1: So all your other siblings went through that as well, your brothers? Um, or was that No, them? I
2: don't know. They didn't because oh, it yeah. wasn't in when they right. at the age. Yeah, it just happened to be in my era where they brought it in just for a short period.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then that finished and, and what did you do? Yeah. You were married.
2: Yeah, we got married. We were married. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, well, like I said, I was a fitter and fitter tool maker. Used to ride my bike to the couple of miles away from where we lived. The factory I worked in, hmm Where I was apprenticed. Five years of apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. And you'd go to trade school as well. Uh, and then... Uh, after that you know i went w- with simpson pope as i mentioned mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
1: yeah and
2: uh which i'd ride my bike In those days you ride your bike to work you know yeah, yeah. and uh but uh and
1: that's what you do yeah, yeah that's right so we will be back after a short break here on life first of matt and sarah <laughs>
0: Hey, did you know this show is available in video two? You can find it at rawcut.com.au
3: Thanks for joining us here on Life Burst with Sarah and Matt. And we're chatting to my grandfather, Don, uh, who's taking us through uh, a life of adventures growing up in Adelaide. And after you got married and you, you built your home um, around that period, you've talked about the significance of the church in your life growing up and meeting um but you also found a way to be involved and uh, across various churches tell us about that yeah
2: well when i was about 25 i became an accredited local preacher in the methodist church and uh, in those days uh, they were always looking for for preachers around the the uh, outer suburbs and country areas and uh, I used to often travel here to Allgate or Verdun uh, and then the lo- local parish, uh, Croydon and Brompton and West Croydon and those places preaching and uh, gradually I uh, then I'd go down, uh, they are always looking for extra preachers out in the closer country areas and uh, I'd go down the uh, Wollonga Parish and Stirling Parish, and uh, quite regularly, Uh, I'd go and take. In in those days, you'd take a a nine thirty service in one, and go to another at eleven. Like down, say, Ponga and Second Valley, and
1: so a bit of a drive.
2: Yeah, every now and again, I'd I'd, uh, not on your bike this time. Not on my bike. In a car. So most of the Flurio little churches in those days i have have taken the service on and off. But um,
3: So this is in addition to your work. You were working during oh, the week. Oh, yes. Yeah, this was a yeah, Sunday, yeah. Uh, something that you so, just what, offered yourself to do. Through, yeah.
2: It mm. wasn't every Sunday, but uh, at least once a month. You'd be sometimes twice a month, mostly probably once a month. You'd go to somewhere to help out. Mm. Mm. Then your own local parish, you know, um, it's always been part of my life and I've reached the stage now that I think I'm retiring. You're retiring.
3: (laughs) Well, fair enough, but uh, I mean, starting back in your twenties, what did you love about that in those years that you did?
2: Oh, just the people and, you know, you just felt you were doing God's work and the the wonderful people you meet and... and I played a big part of my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Excellent.
1: You could have been anything else, but you decided to do that. What made you want to become a lay preacher?
2: Oh, well, I just sort of felt the call that mm-hmm. God was calling me to,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, witness in this particular way, mm-hmm. um, just through my own local church and that sort of thing, and the young people. I started off like in a little preaching band. There'd be, say, three of us while we were, you know, quite young, really, probably in our early 20s, mm-hmm. 18, 20. We'd, we'd go with uh, another preacher or lay preacher and, and uh, help, you know, do part of the service. So you sort of train trained mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, It was a great experience for Mm. us, and uh, so I've kept, you know, kept it up till I'm just about retired now. Mm.
3: Yeah, great effort. (laughs) Yeah. Around the similar time, you you've you've been married, you've got the home, and the family started to grow. That's right.
2: You had two children, uh, Jolene and uh, which is Matthew's mother actually, Mm. Uh, Jolene and Mark, and. We've had a wonderful life with them, I think we've and that they've turned out really wonderful kids. All grown up now. All grown got, up, got their own family. Got an
3: image of them with their and then parents. they had
2: between them seven grandchildren and uh, those seven grandchildren are now giving us up to nineteen greats. So mm-hmm. are coming
3: on the way, so well, look, we won't ask you all their names and birthdays. No, I would uh, like
2: to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I might get half of them, and that's about it. So how... they're all been. We've been so fortunate, being have a wonderful family, and uh, they've all all have got wonderful jobs. And
3: so here are just some of those, uh, mm. some of that tribe uh, of, of grandies, and mm. uh, there's a couple more of the latest ones as well in another photo. But uh, yeah, they're they're certainly keeping you busy now.
2: Oh yes, as always. Uh, we love to see them and we get together every now and again. Not easy to get us all together now, there's so many of us, but uh, mm-hmm. they're all so good to us, you know, each one, mm. daughter and our son.
3: So in those earlier years with, uh, with the family um, did
2: you get up to adventures, holidays? Uh, what did you do? Yeah, well, we had a caravan and um, we'd I do a lot of caravanning holidays all over, uh, mm-hmm. you know, South Australia mainly with the kids, and mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. Tasmania, uh, Kangaroo Island, um, and then we've had a caravan, or mm-hmm. up until the last probably ten years, mm-hmm. uh, fifteen years, since we we sold our van, we've had some wonderful holiday together with. Uh, groups from the church would have a, have a uh, group of about a dozen as would take off and have a safari up to you know lee creek or somewhere and and uh, but but we've had some wonderful caravan mm. days you know
3: what were some of the uh, the best family holidays in those earlier years when the kids were younger
2: yeah oh Oh, we just go to, you know, decide to go to a particular place and it's just the, the fellowship and the love and the uh, being all together as families, you know. And uh, we try and do that here and there. Did you have some particular spots that you'd return to regularly? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, back Victor Harbour was one and uh, we'd go across the Grampians quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, York Peninsula, Edithburgh, and mm-hmm. Wallaroo, and then my brother had a a um, holiday shack at Port Hughes, which I think even Matthew here would remember that yes, a yeah. while ago yes, <laughs> which we'd have many a time. And uh, no, it's been, we've had a really wonderful life for that. Yep. Mm.
1: Yes, well, we will come back uh, straight after this with more Life first with Matt and Sarah.
0: In Australia, juvenile arthritis affects one in 1,000 children. It's a silent yet common condition. Kids Arthritis is here to help support these children and their families. To help them, go to kidsarthritis.org. This has been a raw cut community service announcement.
1: Welcome back to Life Burst. Here with Matt and Sarah, and we're chatting with Don, and we're up to the part of his life where you were working for Simpson and Pope. What is that? You've briefly mentioned it, but what is that?
2: Well, Simpson Pope was a, a firm that used to make washing machines uh-huh. um, and all this sort of thing. Uh, and uh, I spent quite a few years working there um, and then from there we decided, while I was working there, to go to Victor Harbour. Uh, there was a position advertised at the Adair Conference Centre to run that. Uh, now that was belonged to the, uh, the church Mm-hmm. Uh, where they'd have youth groups and uh, various groups come in and it was up to us to to feed them and, and a lot of church gr- uh, school groups too. They'd mm-hmm. come and have school camps and church mm-hmm. camps and uh, it was a very popular thing back in those days. And uh, so Cheryl and I decided we'd, we'd go there and... Uh, we, we ran that. So uh, children had moved out by then? The children had moved out. So it was out. time for a change. That's right. We were just the two of us. And
3: and how did you find uh, what, going into that type of role um, from what you'd been doing? Was it a baptism of fire, uh, suddenly oh, being on call
2: all the time? How yeah. did you find it? Oh, it was was pretty uh, full on, mm. uh, but we enjoyed it thoroughly, you know. Um, we were there for five it was six years nearly. We'd had enough by then, really. Um, but that's what sort of took us going to Adair, took us going to Victor, Whereafter, when we moved out of Adair, we built a home and, and lived in Victor after that. But the work at Adair was uh, very fulfilling and uh, mm-hmm. it also had a caravan park attached to it. It's still operating today, similar to what it is now, Mm. has changed a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, The education department uses it a lot with school groups and then we'd cater for them. And then church groups would come in weekends. uh, We'd cater for that. But we thoroughly enjoyed it. It was pretty hard work but Mm. uh, it was a different life and
1: we found that good. In maths interview that we did here on Life Bus, he mentioned about when he'd come and visit you and all the adventures that he'd get up to yeah. there. Yeah. Was that a well, special time to have the grandies there as well?
2: Yes, it, well, it certainly was. Yeah, our grandchildren, uh, we had seven of them. Uh, the families had come down every inch so often and uh, Matt was only, I remember, only little fella there. Uh, I think you were living at Brenmark at the time. That's probably right. Yeah, yeah. and we'd uh, they'd often come down and uh, spend a little bit of time with us, mm-hmm. the same as the uh, the sons, children, and that. But uh, it was a great um, experience for us. Something completely different, really. Really get to know the public. Uh, We'd mm. have different school groups come in, you know, to have forty or fifty kids and their teachers, and um, but it, we enjoyed it,
3: mm. and a unique place to be too. It is a very historic uh, um, home. We used to call it the castle because that's right. it, it,
2: it, I call it, it, it the, the castle. Too. Early <laughs> 1900s old. Yeah. just forgotten. How what date? Yeah, it goes right back early yeah. times.
3: And there's, uh, I do remember the tower that uh, yeah, we didn't go up much, but you did take me
2: up there a few times. Yeah, there. that's right. The uh, revolving staircase up to the yeah, tower. Yeah, like a real castle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's still there and operating. Uh, but that was a wonderful experience for both Cheryl and I. Mm. And
3: uh, What was yeah. the, uh, what did you, was there some moments that were a real highlight of that time uh, when you were serving there?
2: Yeah, well, or some of the, to have some of the groups that come in, you know, you'd uh, get involved a little bit with them. You know, we really, you know, such a variation. It was such a an experience that, you know, we really enjoyed.
3: Like having uh, various people come through your home almost. Yeah, that's, uh, right. And, 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 that's right. And that varying every week.
2: Because yeah. we lived in a section of it. And of course, we had when the groups are in, they're all around you, but you get used to that. Occasionally we get a break, which we'd like to see come mm-hmm. down again. <laughs> but uh, no, it was great years while we were there. And that's what sort of took us to Victor. And we bought a block in that area at the back and the Kraken area and built a home and was down there for about 27 years altogether. Right.
3: Mm. And what did you do after that uh, time at Adair came to a close?
2: Uh, well, I worked for Mitre 10 in the hardware department for a few years. And then I did a few years around at the Salvation Army campsite as sort of a groundsman and general maintenance man sort of mm-hmm. thing sure. till I was tapered off and, uh, mm. and look back and think how wonderful those years were mm. the people we met and so on but uh course, all the grandkids love coming down and we enjoy having them like we still do <laughs>
3: <laughs> and some of your uh you mentioned that the people you met uh, outside of work around victor harbour you got up to lots of adventures and
2: fun times with friends yes yes a lot of friends have come down and friends we met in victor and Groups, and then we'd go on uh, the local. We're attached to the Adair the Church there, and a group of us would go off on caravan safaris and uh, all that sort of thing. And uh, but no, really had a wonderful lifetime down there. Mm. Yeah, and dancing. Yes, well, dancing was a big part of our social life. Uh, the Victor Harbour Dance Group, uh, which we were with for. Probably fifteen years or so, which we miss a lot. You know, it's like a ballroom type dancing, mm-hmm. new vogue, modern sequence, ballroom, um, and that group is still going. We were trying to get back there a little bit occasionally, but now we've uh, because we've all got older and there's new ones now, and we sort of can't keep up. We can't keep up any longer. <laughs> but it's, it's kept lot. us young and fit. And, yeah, that was a wonderful thing. And um, uh, there's still a few groups around the place, but there. Uh, mm.
1: You've shared a lot about all these happy things and these great things that you've been doing. But what helps you get through those down times or those those different moments in your life? What's helped you get through them?
2: Oh well, I suppose my faith's helped a lot. Um. When we get into troubles, we'll just have a bit of quiet time and relax and reflect, and that sort of helps you pull through and um, ask for guidance and blessing. And then, which which I've always had in my life, and has um, played a big part. But uh, I know we've seemed to got through our little situations here and there. hmm um, we love Victor. And, but we have now changed a little bit. We've come back closer to the city. Mm. Mm.
3: So almost a retirement, from a tr- retirement you've got now. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, t- the, the uh, time came, you know, to retire properly, so, which we did, and... Uh, in the latter years, we've decided to move down to uh, Seaford into a retirement village, and, which we love mm. where we are at the present.
3: Now, they call it a, a retirement village, but it's not. A, it's, it's a lifestyle
2: village, isn't it? So it's very active. It is very active, yes. We have uh, plenty of activity uh, exercise-wise and, uh, you know, like bowls, Carpet bowls, indoor bowls, uh, bowling green, all that sort of thing, and a, a swimming a pool, and a gym. Uh, so everything keeps you going. It's up to you what you do. And then there's so much so social activity uh, that uh, we can we have, and which the residents, you know, arrange themselves and this sort of thing. Mm. So there's always something to keep us active and mm. it's up to you what you you want to do but uh,
1: sounds like a fun stage a, of life. a
2: lifestyle it's wonderful yeah mm. it
1: does sounds mm. wonderful we will be back with more life bursts with matt and sarah chatting with don matt's grandfather mm-hmm. straight after this
0: if you think more people should listen to this share this podcast on social media
1: Welcome back to Life Bus. I'm Sarah.
3: Oh, and I'm Matt. And uh, we have uh, Don, my my grandfather in the studio, and uh, you've talked us through uh, a lot of things you've done in life and uh, your trade and your work and uh, moving down to Victor Harbour. Outside of that, you've had some hobbies and um, one of those involved uh, a bit of farming. How did that come about? Yeah.
2: Well uh, while we were in Victor, my son bought a property at Inman Valley, uh-huh. um, which was about uh, a hundred and something acres, I'm not quite sure now, but uh, and then he had a few cattle on it and he, he still lived in, in Adelaide, but uh, occasionally I'd, I'd go out and uh, just check on the cattle and sort of gave me a bit of an, another interest. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was where I sort of got interested in in, in cattle. And so uh, more and more I'd, I'd sort of go out and in his spare time and, you know, help him around the yard with new yards and fencing and this sort of thing, sort of an outlet for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, ever since, you know... Yeah. He, he he had that property for quite a few years, and he's bought another property at Tuperang, um, in which uh, I quite frequently go out with him. Uh, but I'm getting to the stage now that uh, it's getting a bit much for me. So yeah. which I'm missing, but uh, he yeah. misses me too, I think. But mm.
1: so where <laughs> is Parang?
2: Tuperang.
1: Perang, yeah. where, where is
2: where that well, that's near Mount Compass. You go through Mount Compass, and then you bunch you through. You turn left, and it's on the Goulburn Road that runs back through Ashbourne. Yeah. Just before you get there, and on the right, he's got about 150 acres there with cattle. And I've uh, over the years gone with him out there a lot. So, but like I say, I'm getting to the stage now where I find it a bit much. Mm-hmm. But still love to go every, occasionally, and uh,
3: any stories from those farming uh, adventures, things that have uh, gone gone wrong or where? Uh...
2: Oh yeah, there's little things I can remember at Inman Valley. Cheryl and I going out cows carving. We went out to check, you know, in the dark almost, you know.
1: What you know. is carving for people who don't know what <laughs> yeah. that is?
2: A, we're a, a cow it was. A calf was being born. Okay, you know?
1: baby yeah. cow was being born. Yeah, yeah
2: that's the, right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been a, that's been you know I've I've loved doing that you know. Mm. So
1: you went out in the in the dark and. Well that's one particular
2: yeah. day we did, and uh, just to check on the cow. And, but anyway, it's a, a wonderful outlet has been for me, and I think he's enjoyed the company with him. Mm. <laughs> And we've done a lot together, and uh, that that it's still going on, you know. From Inman Valley, he then he bought this other property, mm. so that's how we have sort of been associated. And yeah. Occasionally, we'll have a sort of a family little picnic out there with uh, the other cousins and so on.
1: You said that you got interested in cattle. What exactly were you interested in with the cattle? Oh,
2: but just more or less just helping maintain them and all the little things you've got to do when you've got cattle.
1: Um, Like what?
2: Well, uh, when you get little calves, uh, you've got to uh, sort out the, the boys and that sort of thing. And nut them and so on and mm-hmm. you, you you need two to do a lot of these little things mm-hmm. and uh, oh you know just the general things around the farm fencing and you know dredging the cattle and all this sort of thing it's it's all something I enjoy mm.
1: yeah and, uh, I'm going to presume they were meat cattle not milk no meat yes yeah, meat, meat yes. cattle yes, yes. yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever get attached to the animals?
2: Well, you learn not to. Yeah. Because mm. uh, they, you know, you see your little calves, and you think, oh, you know. But anyway, it's just how it is. You don't get attached, really. But you got your favourites, and your the good ones, you know, that act a bit different. But most of them are all very good, you know. All pretty well the same. Mm.
1: Yeah, what's oh, what what's what's it like knowing that this little thing, this little cow that you are bringing up, is going to be sorted?
2: <laughs> well, you just don't sort of think about it. Okay. It's <laughs>
1: that
2: part of life, isn't it? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah.
2: Same as you know, we all eat meat, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just part of life. Same as with sheep or anything like that, the animal side. Part of our food cycle, I suppose, humanity's got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, Mm. you're sad at times when you see it go off or something. You know what's going to happen to them, but um, Mm. it's just part of life and, yeah, how life is.
1: Do you think that sometimes they knew?
2: Mm. Beg your
1: pardon? The cows. Do you think sometimes the cows knew that they were going to go and be slaughtered
2: oh, or i don't know, they, they, know? They, they may not but they get carted around quite a bit you know if you're buying in new ones or carting off okay. i don't think they really know yeah
1: mm.
3: yeah or credit to farmers uh, yeah. who are doing these kind of things every day yeah, and, and, sure. uh, and keep things going yeah mm-hmm. now you've mentioned uh your caravan and uh in the early days you had family trips but uh in your uh, later days you you continued with caravanning and saw a bit of Australia and what were some of the great adventures
2: you had in those yes, years with the van? Yes, yes. yeah. yeah, well we've been uh, lucky in one way both of our children julian mm. and, and Mark uh, Peter, son-in-law Matthew's father was a bank manager and uh, they were stationed you know, like Renmark, Port Lincoln, uh, Nullan Boy. It didn't take the caravan to Nullan Boy, but uh, Darwin and, yeah. and so on, which meant uh, we'd take the van sometimes to these places or we'd fly, mm-hmm. uh, which enabled us to see probably more of Australia or places that we wouldn't have. Yeah. And then Mark was uh, five or six years in in. Uh, Brisbane, uh, so we'd, we'd go up there mm-hmm. and uh, saw places that we probably wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we took the caravan, not every time, yep. but uh, and then once when we went to Darwin, we came back around the uh, west coast through Broome and Dampier down to Perth and home and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. That enabled us to sort of probably do a few things that we wouldn't have done, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, We've always had wonderful times with our family. We're still a fairly, very closely knit family, and mm. we always will be, I think. You know, grandchildren too. And we say we all, we still try to get together as a big group, you know, at least once a year. It's getting a bit harder because they're all getting older and got their own little lives and so on. But, uh, at the moment where we're still able to do that.
1: That's wonderful. You have shared so much in the past 50 minutes of our program, a really big life you've lived, Don, and I'm sure there's more to come. But in the final couple minutes of our show here on Life First today, if there was one piece of advice that you could share with those who are listening and watching to the program, what would that be?
2: I would always have a positive look out. Mm -hmm. in life and uh, be positive about it Uh, I also have a a Christian faith that I try to follow and live up to Mm -hmm. and that's helped me through many a situation Mm -hmm. and uh, just a matter of you know trying to uh, get together every so often and keep your family close knit together and Mm -hmm. We find we have some wonderful times and uh, we can always rely on one another whoever it is uh, they go out of their way to try and help each other so yeah. I, I think you know we've been very fortunate with a lovely family thank you and i've been very fortunate with a wonderful wife
1: oh,
2: <laughs> You better yeah.
3: Important you, to know. You better do out. that.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's
2: been wonderful. Yes. He still is.
1: Aww. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Don, for sharing your story with us today. Thanks, Matt, for inviting your grandfather to come in. Ooh, it's I, been very special to be here. I a learned part of this some
3: things today. along the way, so it's yeah. good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Many generations to come will be able to watch this and know who you are. So good. That's really lovely for you to share. This has been Life Bursts here. I am Sarah.
3: And I am Matt. It's been great that you've been able to join us as we continue to share stories of uh, everyday people in your lives, in our lives, uh, in our community. So uh, so glad you could join us. And uh, if you'd like to continue to do that, there are a number of ways you can connect with us.
1: You can catch up with us wherever you get your podcasts from and on YouTube and Facebook and, of course, community television and radio.
0: Life Bursts is hosted by Matthew Karat. And Sarah Freeman, with production by Reese Jarrett and K. Hoshra Ozardigan. For more episodes of Life Bursts, go to rawcut.com.au. This is a rawcut production.